turn with, that, turn with me to Isaiah 6, and we'll lift out the first five verses of the chapter. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. The house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Father, thank you for your own word. I ask you now, Father, will you settle us under the sound and under the authority of your own written word and help our hearts enable us to receive this engrafted word, the word of God which is able to save the soul. Glorify your Son, the Lord Jesus, and let us see him above all others, before all else, the King of glory. In his name we pray it. Amen. Amen. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord, cries the prophet Isaiah. Here we see the king of Judah, the southern kingdom of Israel now, He's gone, he, he dies. And Isaiah the prophet, seeing this, has a greater revelation and a greater vision of God. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord. Here we see the natural makes way for the supernatural. Here we see the temporal making way for he who is eternal. We see the flesh giving way to the spiritual, the earthly for the heavenly. And we also see here that death must come before life can be fully seen. The death of the king had to come to Isaiah that his vision may see the real king of Israel. The worldly king must give way to the king of glory. And we see humanity must never, can never, and will never obscure deity. In the year that King Uzziah died, notice what he says, in the year, not on the exact same day. A period of time has passed when Isaiah has seen Uzziah, the king of Judah, die. And now he's saying, I'm getting a further revelation of God. I'm seeing him really for the first time. Oh, I've heard him. I've prophesied in his name. I know I've heard things about him, but I've seen him now. And a further revelation of God would come 
to the prophet. Notice in the year. Here's some things I've written down for you. Christian, God may test your patience before he fulfills his promises. It was in the same year, not in the same day. It's all in God's timing. God may test your patience before he fulfills his promises. Secondly, God will prove your faithfulness before he approves your promotion. God will prove your faithfulness to him. God will prove your faithfulness to the work of God. God will prove your faithfulness before he approves your promotion in further service and ministry. And thirdly, God might take your carnal security away before he gives you heavenly assurity. There's many of us and our security is in our job. Our security is in our home life. Our security is in someone else or in something else. And Isaiah looks at the king of Judah, Uzziah, and his security was in him because as long as this king was on the throne and as long as this king survived, this king was a godly king. And then the prophet, he was okay. His security was in the life of Uzziah when really his assurity should have been in God. He's speaking to someone tonight, and you're laying your all on things of this world. You're laying your all on the things you can achieve. And you're laying your security on the things that this world offers you. You're laying your security on someone else or on something else, and it's not even God saying to you, here's your security. He's saying, turn to me and I will give you the assurance of heaven. I will give you assurance. Insurance is in case something happens. Assurance is when we know what's going to happen. You see, I don't have insurance from Christ tonight. I have assurance in Christ tonight that I'm assured that He is my King. I'm assured of eternal life. I'm assured of forgiveness of sin. I'm assured of salvation. I'm assured that I'm justified in His sight. That I'm assured because of what Christ has accomplished on Calvary's cross, I have assurance not insurance. One man I heard say, he was a pastor too, and he says, we'll not know till we get there. Friend, I can tell you, I know. I know that I am born again of the Spirit. I'm washed in the blood, and I'm saved and secured in Christ. Are you? We'll not know till we get there. When Christ returns, we will know. We know now according to the authority of the Word of God. You can be assured of your salvation tonight if you're not saved. As sure as you are sitting in your seat, you can be assured that you can be saved tonight. Notice this. God may take your carnal security. could be a religious mindset. Everything that tradition and religion and denominationalism throws at you and teaches you in, it becomes your Uzziah. 
becomes the stumbling block to the greater vision. That's why we're singing, Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. It's the greater vision of Christ, the greater truths that he wants to give us. The greater way that you can go further into God. Notice this, he says he could take away the carnality or, if you want, that which you lay your hopes on that are not of him. There's going to come a time, Christian, and we're very nearly there, we're seeing it starting to happen, when you're going to be persecuted. Please don't frighten me off. I'm not, I'm telling you the truth. There's going to come a time when you're not going to be able to mention the name of Jesus or you're going to be arrested. There's going to come a time whenever you're going to cause a riot and uproar and people are going to think the worst of you and you're the biggest bigot that ever lived because you've told the truth because now truth has become the new hate speech. And you see, it's where your insurances or your assurances will determine how you get on in God. My insurance is not in a man. My insurance is in the living God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. My assurance is found in the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's yours. It's yours. You may be tried when God will take away your Uzziah, and then where else will you stop? Isaiah says, woe is me, for I am undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. And you are men and women without Christ, a man and women of unclean lips. If you're not saved, you're a person of unclean lips. I hope if you're a Christian, you're not a person of unclean lips. I find myself praying this this morning. We had such a sense of the Spirit and the anointing of God this morning, I could hardly minister when I sit up here. The people who are here this morning will tell you how long it took me to gather myself. He says, Lord, the closer I get to you, the worse I see myself. And Isaiah the prophet, now in the presence of the King of glory, he finds himself, he finds himself that he can't stand there. Woe is me. I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, he says. He realizes how unclean even the religion is. Man's achievements, man's ideology. He realizes how unclean and how ungodly it is before God. And God looks and he says, Isaiah, I will clean your lips. He touches his lips, but an angel takes that coal live or living coal from off the altar to touch his lips. You see, friend, here we have a time whenever you will stand before God. Now, every one of us are going to stand before God. Do you know that? Every single one of us. I'll stand before him as a redeemed child of God. I'll stand at the beamer seat, not the judgment seat, but I'll stand at the, the beamer seat where we receive reward or loss. Not of salvation, but reward or loss. And those who are not in Christ, they will stand before the great white throne judgment. Woe is me. I am undone. 
Here we find the prophet, he says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord. Now, as I said, Uzziah was a good king, a king in Judah, ruling in Jerusalem. Second Kings chapter 15 and verse 3 tells us of him that he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Notice, he did that which was right. Listen again to Second Chronicles chapter 26 and verse 5 about Uzziah, the king of Judah. He sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding and visions of God. He's seeking God, but God took his time to break through on him. And here we find that he's saying, I want more, but there was a problem with Uzziah. And herein was the problem. The Bible tells us he did not remove the idols from the high places. Outside the temple and outside the city walls, there were groves, there were clumps of wood, of trees, and you would have had wood stumps and, and little altars made all over the place. I remember when Alison and I, before our girls were born, we were going up around the island of Crete, and I hired a, a jeep out, and I had another fellow and girl with me at the time. And the four of us were driving around. We weren't long married. And I remember the four of us driving around, and there were these little, looked like little houses built this sort of height all over the countryside. Little glass windows, and there's little statues of Mary and statues of this, and, and they put food and everything in it, little offerings. And I remember before I went, I went and I got a, a, a lot of tracks, uh, gospel tracts written in Greek. And everywhere I went, I stopped and there was no one around. I was opening the doors and sticking in the tract. <laughs> Took us forever to get around the island of Crete. I remember going down and the, 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 had the call. It sounded like an Islamic call one day. And I get up and I thought, what's that noise? And I go down into the, the, the town myself. And there's this little... It just looked like a dome. And there was this, I think it was Greek Orthodox a priest all in the garb, and he walks in, and there's these beautiful, what looked like Bibles or books all around the walls. It's one little room, and they're, they're bowing before these idols. And, they're, they're, and I go, Lord, these people are, are lost. So I got the, the tracks out of my pocket, and I went around and put one on the first page of every book until the priest threw me out. <laughs> I have something to tell you. It's in Protestant churches too. It's in all of the churches. Here we have Uzziah didn't take down the altars in the high places. You see, as long as Jerusalem and as long as the temple were fine and they were looking good and things were going on, well, Lord, aren't we doing great? But friend, I want to tell you something. God says there's things in our life, there's things in our nation, there's things in the province of Ulster that are not yet rid off. We must get rid of every idol from every home, out of every church building. You see, Uzziah, he went and he overstepped his mark. He was the king, of course, great. He's, he's the king in Judah, ruling in Jerusalem. And there's the temple. He could go and worship, but he overstepped the mark one time when he decided, well, there's no one here to, to do their priestly duties. I'm going to take on that job that God has not called me to do. 
And he starts to burn incense on the altar of God, and God smites him, and he smote him with leprosy. Leprosy is a type of sin of us. When he died, he, 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 he had to be set apart, and he had to be put out of, out of the road in case he was to, to, to uh, pass it on to others. And, and so Isaiah, or Uzziah died. Isaiah the prophet saw the leprosy in the man when he still clung on to that which was dying. How long, brothers and sisters, are we going to cling on to things that are dying? When behind it all, there's a greater vision. It's the king of glory. Oh, that CET and everyone who visits here would be able to rescue the personality of Jesus Christ back from all the religions in the world. If you have called them under one name, put them under one shape, size, or formula, and bring the reality of God back in to the preaching of the Word again. He oversteps the mark for the high priest was from... Aaron's line, he was from the house of David. He became arrogant, thinking, I'm going to do whatever I like. He became arrogant before God, and he burned incense on the altar. You see, here's the problem. A lot of us think, you know, we can treat the things of God whatever way we like. And we can walk in an open course of sin and live in habitual sin because sure the blood washes me and grace covers me. Oh, friend, brother and sister, listen. I believe in sovereign grace. I'm saved by grace. I believe in the power of the blood. But I believe in walking right before God. Here, Uzziah was this wonderful man to the prophet Isaiah. He was uh, a great military leader of Judah. They had many victories over the enemies, especially the Philistine enemies. And he, he, had a, a, he was a role model. He was a strong king. He was an energetic leader. He was a, a, a planner, a, a great general, and a builder. His fame started to spread out, you see. Because of this, the insurance, Isaiah's insurance was invested in Uzziah the king instead of his assurance being invested in the God of heaven. Note this about Uzziah. Even in his brilliance, he was a failure. Even in his brilliance, he was a failure. The best of men are only men at best. All of us. Uzziah's name means my strength is from Yah. Uzziah. Yah or Yahweh or Jehovah. Yah is short for Yahweh. My strength, he says, is from Yahweh. He didn't, it doesn't mean I am Yah's strength. It doesn't mean that. It means 
He is my strength, and my strength is from him. Isaiah seems to have been fixed on the king. And after he dies, it marks the prophet forever. In the year that King Uzziah died. Notice the language. In the year that King Uzziah died. Not right away, but sometime in the same year, I saw also the Lord. You see, there's grace for you now. Because when God takes that Uzziah away from your vision and your insurance and you turn to the true and living God, he comes in grace and he blesses you. And he says, I saw him. Do you know Isaiah died because of that? What a blessing. What? What a blessing. There are many who are dying without Christ and have never seen him. Never known him in a saving manner. What a blessing it is to pass into eternity and to know the Savior. The old king Manasseh, it said he sawed him in half because he said he saw the Lord. See where his insurance isn't? Uzziah, his insurance is gone. No longer is he concerned about what others will say or think or even do to him. Why? Because his assurance was in the Lord. He was looking past the temporal and he was leaning toward the eternal. You see, brothers and sisters and friends, if you're not saved, this life here that we live now, this life, as uh, my pastor used to always say, is just a training ground for the life that is to come. And when we die and go to the grave, on that great day, we will all stand before God. And it's there what we have done in this life, and accepting or rejecting Christ will matter. And it's that which will count. Here we find Isaiah was fixed on Uzziah. It was his spiritual insurance wasn't completely on Yah, but was on Uzziah. He was seriously misguided in all of these things. People are so sincere. You know, I've seen people I happened to be walking around Belfast yesterday and I was sort of sorry I went because I took Alison and the girls down. Oh, and I just don't do shops. And I stood outside. The only shop I went into was went into one because it was pouring. And after that, I stood outside, mizzling and everything. I just couldn't take it anymore. All afternoon. But I watched people. And I seen Jehovah's Witnesses out. Mormons were out. There's street preachers, one or two of those out. As I was looking around and looking about me, I thought about this. I said, Lord, look at the fervency on these people. There's two or three different stations of Jehovah's Witness. Look at the look at the fervency of these people, and your people are 
dead in spirit. And I watched the people, and I said, these people are going to a lost eternity. And only light they have except for one person, a wee man, he was away round at uh, Royal Avenue, and I thought he was a drunkard. And he was standing with a few tracks in his hand, and he was singing like this. That's the only Christian witness I've found in the whole town. God help us. Because these people are so sincere, but sincerely wrong. The death of Uzziah affected the prophet. The death of Uzziah marked a change in his life. And the death of Uzziah seems to be almost put in a place of equality with the heavenly vision. In the year which King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord. That's not the way it's reading here. Oh, I, the Lord's taken this from me, and the Lord's got me to leave that behind. And when I get saved, if I was to get saved, I can't go out clubbing and drinking anymore. And listen, when you get saved, all those things go. You don't want to do them anymore. The person who's claiming Christ, and I'm saying this without fear or favor, and they want to stand in a nightclub all night, I wonder, do you know him? Do you even know him? The prophet says, in the year the king Uzziah died, it's not that he's putting it on a same note, but that which marked his life was able to let him see past the 2020 end to glory. And he was able to see the king. And everything else just peels into insignificance. I remember the, the night I got saved and I seen Christ on the cross. I seen him shedding his blood by my, with the eye of faith that he had given me. I've seen him, the Lamb of God, dying in my place. And I couldn't help myself but say, He alone is my Savior. And I was never the same. I was never the same. You know, to see the removal of Uzziah brought a clearer revelation of the deity of the God whom he served. Brother or sister, maybe you're wanting to go further into God and you're asking God for, and we've been preaching on the baptism and gifts of the Spirit the last two Sunday mornings and we're going to continue on again in that. But maybe sometimes where you are, you're saying, Lord, show me more, take me further, bring me in deeper. And you're going, wondering why it isn't happening. Could it be that God is showing you a Uzziah that needs to die that you might see deity and go further into a heavenly vision? the Lord, what is it that hinders me from coming closer to you? And when he shows you, don't cry about it if he takes it away, but rather remove it if you can yourself. And you'll see further into him. Here we find a broader, greater revelation of the Lord Jesus to the prophet. D.L. Moody, I'm sure we all know him, great preacher in the 1800s from Chicago. 
D.L. Moody was in London one time and he was going to visit um, Charles Haddon Spurgeon. And around the time of D.L. Moody, we have preachers like Alexander McLaren, who was a Baptist preacher, Spurgeon, a Baptist preacher. Um, and we also had Alexander White, who was a, a Free Church of Scotland man. Well, a real staunch man for the gospel. And this man takes D.L. Moody to London. And he takes him to a man called Joseph Parker, who was another contemporary of Spurgeon's in London. Now, Joseph Parker was a great preacher. Wonderful ministry. I have many of his books at home. Now, listen. It was said that he was one of the most outstanding preachers in his time. He was called... The, Spurgeon was called the Prince of Preachers, but he was called the Prince who was the Preacher. Now, we know Spurgeon probably far better. But the man takes Joseph Parker, or uh, D.L. Moody, to Joseph Parker's church in the morning. And he hears the man. Joseph Parker was known for his great oratory. He was a great speaker and a mighty ministry. But he's, he... he, he, he he gets up and he preaches, and after the meeting, the man says to D.L. Moody, well, Mr. Moody, what do you think? And D.L. Moody turns to him and says, what a preacher, what a preacher, what a preacher. So that evening, they go to the Elvent and Castle area of London. They go to uh, the Metropolitan Tabernacle in London, the Spurgeon's church, and they sit under Spurgeon's ministry, and as Spurgeon is thundering out and he's preaching Christ, Afterwards, this man comes to D.L. Moody and says, Well, Mr. Moody, what do you think? And D.L. Moody says, What a Christ. What a Christ. Do you see the difference? It's what a Christ. Isaiah says, dies and Isaiah says, Hi saw the Lord. What a Christ. Here we find that we must not miss out on the glory of the heavens because we look too much at the pollution of earthly lights. Whether they're man-made, it may be helpful, some may be needful at times, but man-made lights are not eternal. I'm a city boy, as all know that. Belfast, born and bred. I came to Donna Cloney when I met Alison, and we weren't married. And I remember coming out at night, and there wasn't, you know, we were up in the, out of the village, up in the, in the mill town area. There's no street lights. There's no lamps or anything, you know, no, hardly any cars. And I remember stepping out and walking outside, and boy, I couldn't see the footpath. And I was a bit perturbed because I'm a city boy used to seeing the light on the ground. And I remember going. <laughs> I did. I thought I'm going to fall off a cliff here or something. I didn't know why I was going to, you know. But I remember looking up and I seen all these stars. Boy, I could see the heavenly bodies. You see, the, the pollution wasn't there. The light pollution of the city wasn't there. The man-made lights wasn't there. I could see the glory of the heavens. 
Psalm 19, verses 1 to 5 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day are their speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Listen to this. He is glorious. The stars are showing his glory. We see there's too much man-made pollution of light sometimes for us to see it. And God's saying, look, I'm still in charge. I'm the one who's made all of this, and Christians are so busy looking at man-made glory. And the pollution of the street light blinds them from the glory of the firmament which he hath made. In fact, here, his glory, he's glorious in size because he's created something so big. He's glorious in his engineering, having created something that works together so well. He's glorious in his artistry, having created something so beautiful. He's glorious in his goodness and his kindness, having created something for all humanity to see. Notice, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day, other speech. Every day when you get up. That's tomorrow. When you get up, whether it's early or during the day or later in the day, every day there's a preacher in the heavens. Every day. Term order of speech here is actually quite strong in the original Hebrew. It gives the idea of a, a gushing spring pouring forth. Look, the sun is saying, the stars are showing his glory. They're pouring out upon us saying, there's a creator God who gave his son for you. Elohim sent his son, Yahshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, to bleed and die for you. And one day, the God who made all this, you will stand before him. That's what the sky is saying in the morning to you. Day under day gushes out to you. There's a God in heaven. Night under night other speech. Day under day other speech. Night under night showeth knowledge. You know, friend, don't let pollution, the light pollution of your Uzziah, blind your eyes to the glory of the kingdom of God in this earth. God removes that Isaiah, Uzziah that Isaiah would see further and more. And so he says, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. That's my introduction. But we're going to stop there in a moment. Are you saved? Do you know God said that this throne that this one was sitting on, he's the Lord. He comes down to a cross. He goes back up to the throne as the Lamb risen and ascended. He's the 
crucified Christ on the cross. He's the resurrected Christ on the throne. He's the coming Christ of the sky. And he's going to sit upon a throne in Jerusalem. God says David's throne would have someone to sit on it. When Christ came to Jerusalem, there was no throne. It was God. Did God get it wrong? No. Where is it? I'll tell you next week. I'll tell you next week. Let me say this and I'll finish. The heavens declare the glory of God. You see, I had a friend. He's now a pastor of quite a number of years. But before he was saved, he, his wife and children left him because he was a heavy gambler. He treated her terribly. His drinking addiction was so bad that no one could deal with him anymore. His wife couldn't take it anymore. And they were living in Belfast, and so she, one day, when he was out, took the children they had at that time, they had more after at that time, up sticks and went home. She was a lurking woman. And he comes down to the house, follows her down. He's raging at the door. He's aggressive at the door. The police are called at her parents' house. And he ends up in the cell in the police station in Lurgan. He says he's sitting in the, in the cell and as he's looking, there was just one little window at the top and even the glass in it, someone had smashed it. It's all cracked and broken with holes in it. And at night, through it all, he looked through this little window. There he saw, saw the moon in its brilliance. He tried to see out through the window and he couldn't get up, but he could see the stars. And this is what he says in the testimony what he gives. He says, I saw that and I said, surely God, if you made that, you can help me. And he was released that morning and he went out through Lurgan to go to try and get a train. And on the way up to the train, he started stopping cars at the traffic lights. On the window, do you know God? People were afraid. They're driving on. Next car. Do you know God? People were driving on. He makes it to the train station, in the station, on the train. People were on the train. He says, I was going up to people and I had a terror on me. And I says, do you know God? Do you know God? And every single person who even managed to answer him said, no, 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 no. He gets off the train and he makes it up the shore road. He's going up into Mount Vernon. And as he's going up, there's a church of Ireland there. And he thought, well, that big building, surely God's in there. And he goes over and he turns the handle of the door. Surely God's in here and everything was just clunk, nothing, locked, shut. And here's what he says, and it always struck a chord with me. You see, it's one thing 
when you think your wife and children or your family don't want you? He says, well, it's terrible. He says, but see when you think that God doesn't want you. Wow, that hit me. Imagine if they didn't want you and you were damned. And these children, he fell at the door and it started raining and he says he was getting soaked and these children shouted over the fence, Mister, are you all right, mister? And he got up and he says he made his way into the estate and he says he couldn't find anybody to say, yes, I know God. Imagine an evangelical Ulster. There's no man from the apostolic called round one that night, heard about him. He was talking, talking to his wife. And they bring him to a church which was then the old church of God in the Whitewell Road, Past McConnell. And he sat and he says to Past McConnell, please help me. Tell me, do you know God? He was terrified. Pastor McConnell looked at him and says, Yes, son. I know him. And this man fell on a heap on the floor and started howling and started weeping before God. And one of the men that brought him went to lift him up and the Pastor McConnell went, No, leave him. Leave him. Let him weep. And he wept before God. And he says, Now you tell me, son. Do you know his name? And he says, I know it's Jesus, but I don't know him. He says, no, there's more. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I need the Lord Jesus Christ. That man gets saved. That man was delivered. That man was healed. That man was filled with the Spirit. That man got his wife and his children back. And that man has been a pastor for many years now. Here's the question. Do you know God? Do you know God? Do you know who he is? His name is Jesus. The Lord Jesus Christ is God. Who did Isaiah see when Uzziah was taken, sitting on the throne? That's so easy. He saw the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you're not saved tonight. Maybe you've come in and you've went, well, I didn't expect this the first time. Come to this church and I hear all of that. Well, you're so blessed, not because it was me that was preaching, because you heard about Christ. You heard of him.